State of the American League Central. It's Tuesday, August 9th. We're talking about the worst division in baseball again. Jack McMullen and the host of Locked On Marlins coming all the way to us from Leeds in the United Kingdom. Peter Pratt. Peter, how you doing, man? But Jack, Jack, I'm doing, <laughs> doing great. You know, you know, you know, it's the Marlins, the Marlins. They, the Marlins. they just keep, they keep blowing it for me. You know, I, it's, I mean, Sandy, man. I mean, he's always on. He's always on. But, but Pablo, a little shaky of late. Jazz, I don't even know where he is. The fish. Um, <laughs> I love watching Peter Pratt's videos. This is Javier Reyes, uh, the host of Locked On Padres, the host of Locked On Juan Soto, uh, and the host of uh, Locked On San Antonio Missions right now, I'm sure, with oh, Fernando yeah. Tatis headed to Frisco mm-hmm. with the rest of the missions. Um, so hoping that all goes well for Tatis and you are spoiled with baseball. But for now, you have to eat your vegetables before you get to the dessert of the San Diego Padres, and that is the American League Central. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about the deadline. We're going to talk about the week to come for the AL Central, um, and then we're going to give you our our breakthrough of the week. Um, is that a proper way to frame it? Like just our, our breakthrough, like something to enhance your life? Yeah, I think so. We promise a lot of enhancements on just baseball. And yeah. I think we, we, we usually live up to all those, even box breaks, right? Like we do that. That's a break of sorts that we do. We take yeah. breaks from work. So now we're going to do breakthroughs. I think that that's the next uh, thing to add on to this little bit here. You know, and I don't, I don't break fast often, but when I do, I feel like I'm benefiting just baseball. Me too, man. Love <laughs> breakfast. Love breakfast. Great meal. Great meal. When you, when you're allowed to have it, because <laughs> Lord, the, the society we live in, you know, <laughs> is that an into we the wild in reference right there? Society, society. <laughs> um, all right. Let's start with the Minnesota Twins. The mm-hmm. Twins had an exceptional deadline and we haven't talked to you guys since the deadline. It came to a close. They were active, man. We mm-hmm. said they needed starting pitching help and they needed bullpen help. There wasn't much to address on the offensive side of things. What they did was they got a two. They got a closer and they got a setup guy which is the best way of attacking that Tyler Malley for Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand and Steve Hadger, who is a lefty out of Michigan. Then you go and get Michael Fulmer for Sawyer Gibson long. That was the first time I had ever heard that name. And then you get Jorge Lopez for a contingency of guys that could be fine. Might be, might not be what I love about what Minnesota did was they like I could almost see written on their whiteboard in the front office. Here's what we need. Here's who fits that criteria. Let's go get them. They did that three times with Lopez, with Fulmer and with Tyler Malley. Do you agree? Or is there like a soft area that I'm missing? Well, first of all, I have to say I've been missing every time I've talked about um, Jorge Lopez uh, every single time. I always say Pablo Lopez, like every single time. So (laughs) hopefully I don't mess up. I almost just said it now, but I think the twins kind of did exactly what we were talking about last time we did this, right? It's just a solid, you didn't go for the biggest fish that were on the market, right? No Castillo, no Montes, but you were able to get Tyler Malley, who I think is pretty good. And also just moving away from uh, Cincinnati, right? Like that might just be a boost to your numbers, right? Great American ballpark. Like that could be really nice for Minnesota. And then, you know, Jorge Lopez almost messed it up again. I have to admit that it was a little discouraging, I imagine, for Orioles fans to be like, oh, okay, we're just back to this again. I mean, I get it, but it must be a little bit of a stinker for them. But 
I really like their additions that they made. I think that the big thing for them now is just perform decent enough. You'll make the playoffs likely, especially since your boys that we'll get into later. Uh, when, when a little, you know, the, the heartbeat monitor wasn't showing much for them. So I think the twins did exactly what they did. They didn't go, they didn't give up any of their top prospects. Cause we talked about, they don't have, you know, a treasure trove, right? They don't have enough to be able to make a move like that. And you and I both think that they're not necessarily the greatest team in the American league. So I think it was a great deadline for them. Honestly, like an A, A plus, I'd say, considering that you don't want to go too far in with this team because you saw what happened in Chicago last year. Yes, um, and that is why I gave them an A when we were talking about it on, on the Just Baseball show and not A plus because, you know, the, like this team, that wasn't the type of deadline to put them over the top like you saw from mm-hmm. San Diego or on the other end of the spectrum like you saw from Cincinnati where mm-hmm. they did exactly what they were supposed to do yep. and they got the value of all of those guys. Those were the two A pluses that we gave out. I gave Minnesota an A because it'll help this year. Minnesota's not winning the world series. If they do, I'll do the whole bleached hair thing that Peter was talking about. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I say it. That. Yeah. I mean, with the Dodgers win total, like I say it so nonchalantly because I, I don't think any twins fan can look me in the eye and say, this is the best team in baseball. We're going to win the Mm. world series. And I understand that the best team in baseball doesn't always win the world series. I don't have the confidence that Minnesota can win multiple playoff series, but what I do have confidence in is they can get through and win a bad division when the two behind them were very complacent. I asked um, Aram this question. Actually, Aram asked me this question on the just baseball show yesterday. Aram asking questions. I thought he was just a (laughs) me guy. I had no idea, but He asked me this question yesterday, and now I want to flip it to you. What does Carlos Correa do this offseason? Because he's got this $35 million opt-in that he can choose. He's not playing like he's going to get a 10-year, $300 million deal right now. He could, but we were talking about the market. Last year, Correa was the headliner with Seager, Simeon, I guess, Story, not far behind, Baez. Mm -hmm. Um, This year... He would not be the most sought-after shortstop on the market. I think it would be Trey Turner, and then I think it would be Correa, then I think it would be Bogarts, then I think it would be Dansby Swanson. I think Mm -hmm. that crop of four is better than last year's crop of four. So if you're Carlos Correa, who's probably living the most lavish life ever with fellow countryman Jose Barrios, leaving him like the setup, the A-plus setup in Minnesota, what do you do? Do you stick around for another year and see if you have that career year again? It's interesting because heading into the the last offseason, we were saying this is great. He's doing the LeBron thing because the free agent class won't be as deep next year. Maybe it's a question of just the free agent class won't be as deep versus that particular position. Maybe the top six or seven free agents are all going to be shortstops. It's possible, right? I haven't checked the, the free agent log in a little bit, but you know, this is what happens in baseball, man. Like Dansby Swanson is not a guy. He's a guy that you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll sign him to a little bit of a deal. That's that's a good player. Yeah. But he's not oh my God, this guy's been the MVP of the Braves when you take into account expectations. So that's going to be really interesting. I imagine teams will still want Correa over him, I think, anyway. I think they'd still rank him because of success. But to steal a tweet from one Sir Nash Walker of Locked On Twins, I mean, it's not something that necessarily I had to cite, but still, heading into the weekend, since July 1st, he was slashing 183, 287 with 333 slugging, 77 WRC+. plus. He was good for a negative 0.1 war during that span. What did he do this weekend? Two for five game and an 0 for four game. It's 
it's concerning, right? So if you're Barrios, do you just say, let's reshuffle the deck real quick? Let's yeah. just get my 35 million chill yeah. for a team that, in my opinion, unless Cleveland figures it out and actually starts trying for once, you're at least going to be in contention. You can be in the spotlight more. We know he comes through in the playoffs big time. So yeah. again, there's still two months left, but it's definitely more of a consideration than I think we thought it would be uh, at this yeah. time last year. And if he gets a taste of the postseason with the twins mm-hmm. and he does opt in, he's going to show up to camp. He's going to show up to spring training in, in late February next year with every intention of repeating because it's going to be an identical roster. Mally mm-hmm. has more years of control. Lopez has more years of control. Fulmer, I think, is a rental. But, I mean, everybody else, like, they're getting good. And then you might see a Royce Lewis in the final stages of his rehab. Yep, That's super yep. encouraging. Everybody shows up at full health. Like, I think that's a positive environment for Correa. And if I'm him, obviously Scott Boris is going to say opt out so I get the entirety of the agent cut because that was the problem with this contract. But if I'm Carlos Correa, I'm looking internally and I'm saying, you know what? Best option for me might be to go back to Minnesota next year. Um, But we move on to the Guardians, who you just mentioned. Yeah, Their window probably doesn't open next year. It probably opens the year after that. What I was thinking, though, was they could move their window up a year by moving from the deepest system in baseball and going to get guys that can help the team right now because at the time of the deadline, you were a game back of the Twins in the division. Mm -hmm. They did nothing. They got Ian Hamilton for Sandy Leon. Nothing. Why did they do nothing? Yeah, my shirt right now, if people can see, it's the blood of all the people that Cleveland front office clearly murdered that we're trying to get them to, uh, you know, do make a move. Not really, actually. It's a person smiling from. Yeah, that's pretty good. Great show. But it's. <sighs> we were talking about, and again, to repeat our points from last time. Yeah. They didn't have to do much. You are a game back. Yes. I know you don't have to go all the way in. I love having a super deep system with an already pretty great team. And you even got a superstar. And Ramirez on the team. The pieces are there. I understand you not being like, screw it, let's go for it now. You maybe want to test the waters. Let's see. That's fine. But why? how are the Twins able to add at least a little bit of oomph to their team? Yeah. Why weren't you trading for Ian Happ or something? Why weren't you? I mean, the outfield has been weird for you for a while. I really like the Guardians team, but this is just classic Guardians. They're holding on to their prospects. And we really, you and I both really like that team. Yeah. I actually think they'd be a little scarier in the postseason if they make it. I think there's something to the Shane Bieber, although he's a little bit weird now. Tristan McKenzie, some of those guys. I mean, McKenzie's a gamer, man. Um, They did get rid of my brother, uh, Fran Mill, um, which which makes me very, very sad. I was a little bit surprised. I know he'd been striking out a lot, but uh, this is a guy who has for legit power, so I think he's going to get picked up pretty quickly. But the fact that them leaving out, uh, leaving Fran Mill Reyes away, whatever the terminology is a uh, DFA designated DFA, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. It's almost like you, you work in baseball. Or something yeah. Like that. Just a little um, bit. It's just a little bit. Just every um, fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> no bitterness whatsoever. <laughs> the fact that they did that. And that was probably the biggest move they've made last week. Yeah. It is not good, but I have to admit, at least he got that system, right? Like, I do feel a little bit better about them than, say, how the Brewers stand pat and did nothing. I like that Cleveland at least has done some moves. They got Ramirez, but it's really disappointing, man. Like, come on, the division's right there. Yeah. 
I, I'm with you, man. Um, and Fran Mill was picked up as a waiver claim by the Cubs. So uh, Fran Mill Reyes in Chicago would be awesome. Uh, you mentioned his lack of power. I mean, his OPS was like, I think, right at 600, which was just bizarre for yeah. Fran Mill Reyes. But apparently there was a weight gain on top of the massively human being that he already was. Mm. And it was on a healthy weight, which in turn led to, you know, they, there was almost like a lack of discipline this year, which was pretty mm. interesting. Like he was chasing more and he was striking out way more mm. and he was walking way less. And he, he let his body get away from him. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Hopefully a new scene, a new setting is all he yeah. needs to get right. Um, I don't think we need to talk about the third place team in the division. So we can move on to Kansas city if you want. Um, <laughs> so was it rough? Was it rough? Like, because in fairness, we talked about this again, I keep quoting back for falling face first into the pits of hell. Yeah, it was rough. They, in fairness, a lot of their top prospects, they've got Vaughn. And then it's like, well, the other guys, Eloy, he's just kind of coming back. You got Robert who's good. Luis Roberts good, but is he a superstar yet? No, not quite. And then Tim Anderson's getting suspended for a longer two games suspension. Instead of three. Two games instead of three. Two games instead of three. He won his appeal. That's that's <clears throat> the big win for the White Sox this year. May Comradimus Prime take a second to ask, uh, how many games was Donaldson suspended for? I forgot. Uh, Do we remember? Was it, it one? It was one or two, I want to say. Okay. Just, just an interesting uh, little thing there, but yeah, I mean the white Sox they didn't do much. I know that they couldn't necessarily go out and get some of the biggest fish, but it felt like a white flag. Cleveland felt like a, you guys are just doing what you always do and you're hoarding your prospects. White Sox felt like a white flag, man. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I do. I do feel the same way. Uh, Rick Hahn, the general manager feels the same way. And mm -hmm. he had media availability right after the deadline ended. Um, and I saw from Connor McKnight, I talked about this on the Just Baseball show last week after the deadline. Um, Han said something to the tune of, we didn't get our targets lined up correctly. I'm disappointed that we didn't do more. That's on him. And I think he's one of the best executives in all of baseball. Um, he admit his frustration. He admit his failure. But at the trade deadline, when you were in the White Sox position, Admitting your failure won't get you off. And, and I know that he knows that. Um, so it's not like, you know, he's going to turn on the state of the division tomorrow on his way into the ballpark and say, you know what, these guys are right. I got to own this even more because he's already owning it enough. Um, and I guarantee you, Rick Hahn does not listen to this. Um, but what really gets me about this deadline was the price for Jock Peterson was going to be matchable by the White Sox. Mm -hmm. They could have mm -hmm. met it. The price for Tyler Naquin was nothing. They wanted Naquin. The price for Quintana was nothing. They could have matched that. They wanted Quintana. I thought that they could have gotten realistic pieces. Do I like the Deekman for Reese McGuire swap? I absolutely do. Reese McGuire has a terrible backstory. I'm so happy he's not on my team anymore. Um, but I like I liked that move but you needed to accompany that with more moves and they just didn't do that. So, I mean, it was a big fat flunk of, of a deadline for the white Sox. What the hell happened to Yohan Moncada, by the way, Yohan Moncada. Um, it's, it's really interesting and borderline sad what happened. Mm -hmm. 
So Luis Robert was out for a little bit. He he missed about 10 days because he was dealing with vertigo. He was dealing with lightheadedness yeah, yeah. after mm-hmm. COVID complications. Right. Yoan Moncada yeah. got mm-hmm. ravaged by COVID in 2020. He was right. terrible after missing like the first week because he had COVID in July. And that mm-hmm. season started like last week of July. Um, 2021, he bounced back. He's seeing a ton of pitches. He was obviously dealing with injury earlier this year. But it's just been a brutal three-year stretch for him because when you deal with injury for that long and you're out of timing for the entirety of 2020, you might have gotten it back in 2021, but not really. He was just walking all the time. The OBP was great. Um, 2022, when you miss the first month or two months, it might just be a wash of a season because you can't get the timing back. And it feels like Yohan Moncada just does not have the timing. The White Sox, to me, as an outside observer, are an, not an example. They're just – they feel like a team where 2019, not only how quickly things can change, but kind of how unlucky that it feels like almost everything that could have gone wrong, if you were looking at them in 2019 heading into 2020, everything could have gone wrong, right? That yeah. Giolito is not as good as we think, right? That – you have Dallas Keuchel not just fall off, but jump off a cliff. Yes. That you have Lance Lynn fall. It feels like everything went wrong. Moncada, Eloy becoming a, like made of glass. Like, yes. All you've, the only thing that's really kind of been really objectively great for the White Sox, I guess, is Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson. But that's just with everything else that they've lost, man. I mean, it's just. About I feel bad because they really were such an exciting team. They have so many players that I like for a lot of different reasons. And instead, in the weakest division of baseball, they've got Tony LaRusa out there falling asleep at ball games. Yeah. I think he's falling asleep in the first inning of ball games. First inning. Before we move on to the Royals, I want to read you a, a Facebook post by Dallas Keuchel's mother, Teresa. Hmm. Teresa Keuchel. Dane is probably glad he got traded. White Sox are a horrible organization. Uh, somebody responded, Teresa Keichel, you're just bitter because your son is an awful pitcher who's now in the minor leagues. I was so thankful when the White Sox got rid of him, exclamation point. Teresa Keichel responds, Mark Wish, I am not bitter at all. Just stating a fact that is very oblivious, not obvious. Uh, even though he was having a bad year, the White Sox continued to change the pitcher he was. When you rely on your defense, which the White Sox have proven they don't have, trying to speed him up, slow him down, moving him around the rotation, it changes things. Last year's team was just like this year's. It was just covered up. Dallas Keuchel's mom going to shit on the White Sox on Facebook. (laughs) I don't know who that's more embarrassing for. (laughs) Oh, man. Man, that's your boy, too. I know you love Dallas Keuchel. Kid Keiki? Yeah, dude's Twitter name is Kid Kikey on Twitter. That sucks. <laughs> it's the worst Twitter name I've ever heard in my life. You could uh, change your name to Whack Mullen on Twitter. I think it's still it'd still be better. Dude, it would still be better. Um, we don't have to talk much about the Royals and the Tigers deadline because mm-hmm. it was it was like eerily quiet. And we already talked about the Benintendi return. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say about the Royals is all of a sudden. I'm on the vibe train at Kansas City. Right? I mean, what is it? Why though? Why do I feel this way? Because they're young and like they're carefree right now. They're just learning how to play professional baseball. Like MJ Melendez is swinging it. Vinny Pasquantino is swinging it. Michael Massey's up. He's swinging it. 
Nikki Lopez is having a blast. Nick Prado just hit a walk-off blast. All the young bats are up at the same time, and they're having so much fun playing Major League yeah. Baseball. And it is like this reversion. I think that it's so fun that it's happening like on the eve of the Little League World Series because they yeah. almost feel like the big league version <laughs> of the Little League World Series. It's such a fun little team. They are. They're, they're so, so cute. cute. <laughs> like, are so they 13 cute. and a half back? Yes, but they're so cute. I just but want to their cheeks. Man, whatever happens, happens, right? Like, and I think that they did everything in the deadline they had to. You trade Menintendi. That was great. I remember I asked you, would it be a savvy mood move to move Salvador Perez? But the guy's kind of like, that's Kansas City, right? It was even cute when Eric Hosmer was playing there. Yeah. Like, you need the team dad. Like, that's the thing. With all yeah. these young kids, you need the team dad, and that's Sal Perez. You need the dad. And I, I think Perez is, is good to keep there. Even Brady Singer's been all right. Look, yeah. considering that... I'm not even going to lie. I thought the Royals were one of the worst team, like worst outlooks in baseball heading into the season. And I still think they might be bad, yeah. but I just think we're seeing at least some hints. And I like that they got rid of Merrifield, you know, they got rid of Merrifield and Ben attendee. So you, you, you're anti-vax thing. Like you're good. Like, there we go. We're down from 10 to eight. <laughs> yeah, we're down to 10 to eight. Like you made improvements there, man. I'm so here oh, for man. it. Um, it's a cute team. Yeah. It's a cute team. And with all the positive vibes that the Royals have, they're just negative vibes in Detroit. Like it, it oh kind of stinks. What I will say about Detroit um, is they got rid of Fulmer. Um, mm-hmm. Like they got a little bit of return there. That was good. I wish they got rid of more like Chafin and, and Gregory Soto. I wish that they moved, uh, but they didn't. Matt Manning saw him throw in Toledo was really impressed. He got up with the Tigers and really impressed. I think Matt Manning figured something out this year. And I think that Matt Manning still has the possibility of being a really good pitcher. That, that's all I got to say about the Detroit Tigers, because everything else is just so barf. Um, you got anything everything. to add on the Tigers or, or you want to get to our uh, our big revelation? Uh, let me just say, repeat, the Tigers, the biggest problem with them is all these years rebuilding and you go out and sign for ages that I liked but not ones that were guaranteed. You should have been the ones that gave Correa that one-year deal. You should have been the ones that signed anybody. I don't care who it is, even if it's Marcus Stroman, for how long you've been rebuilding. Instead, Eduardo Rodriguez, I hope he manages whatever he's been going through. And then Javi Baez, you know me. I re- I've, I've got to support every Puerto Rican player, but he's unfortunately lived up to every single naysayer out there and that is unfortunate because when he's on he can be really fun but also and i think you've said this before he's very fun when he's not on your team because then you only see the highlights yes he's (laughs) incredibly fun it's incredibly it's lit i mean bro the walk-off against amir garrett last year yeah it was a pop-up sick and it looks like he was heading into a wrestling match yes it was awesome but, I'm telling you, when yeah. Javi Baez surfaces for you once every like six days, ten days, like Javi Baez is so fun. But when you have to sit down and watch Javi Baez every day, it is so unbelievably frustrating. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, all right, big uh, revelation of the week. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? Uh, you go first. Cold brew concentrate. So instead of buying cold brew from the grocery store, there's this thing called cold brew concentrate. And it's not like a syrup or anything. It's just a super dense cold brew. And the thing that you do 
is you pour a glass in the morning, like you fill a glass with ice, two thirds concentrate, one third water. If you want it a little less strong, one half concentrate, one half water. And it just becomes this cold brew. So I don't like to put cream or sugar in my coffee. I'll just do it like black. I like this because it's got a hint of vanilla. It is vanilla cold brew concentrate. And it's like five calories. I just fill like two thirds of it with, uh, I fill two thirds of my glass with concentrate. I fill the other third with water and I'm good to go. And like 10 bucks gets me like 15 servings of cold brew. It's awesome. I like that if people just watched us on video, they would not guess just by looking at us that you each week would have a food related recommendation. And every week I didn't have the food recommendation. <laughs> it sounds Shut great. Up. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a cold brew guy. I'm more of a tea lad. I, you know, I know that that would upset Ted Lasso. That would make him very upset. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, I appreciate it, man, because I, I do need some some better foods and you, you've helped me quite a lot. Got you, man. The, uh, the milk bar, mint cookie, ice cream, and, and now yeah, cold brew concentrate. Oh, I, I have it saved. I have a tab open on my phone. That way, whenever I look through Safari, I remember, okay, next time I go to the grocery store, this is what yep. I have to do. Yep. There we go. For today, I'm going to be a little bit insufferable. That's why I've decided. It's fine. Everyone makes fun of me or not really. It's just Clay Snowden. Of locked on or not locked on, just baseball. There, there you go. I, I can't even remember where he's from. Lace Snowden, formerly a locked on Reds. <laughs> yeah, formerly locked on Reds. This week, I'm going to recommend some Marvel stuff. Okay. I've been listening to a podcast called Batman Unburied, which is kind of like those narrative driven, produced things where it's a story. I haven't finished it yet. It's pretty good. But it got me thinking of the superior comic book company, which is Marvel Comics. Yeah. All the film people Batman in the- is DC. Yeah, he's DC. Okay. There you go. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> no, I'm there learning. you go. I'll, I Follow got you. Up question. I got I'm you. an active listener. I got you, man. Um, Marvel did one a few years ago, not even a few years ago, like a, a, like a decent while back called Marvel's Wolverine, The Long Night, which is a narrative podcast that is actually really good. It's a character that fits for these type of things with murder and like gruffness. And I really recommend checking it out. And as a social experiment, I recommend playing it for someone. You won't know it's Wolverine until the very last second if they know his real name's Logan. And it's really cool. So if you know someone who likes Wolverine or whatever, play that podcast for them and don't tell them. I did this for my mom and she was like, <gasps> like at the end, like that's what this was. I didn't tell her what it was. There's a little bit of a break in the middle where you have to make sure you skip over what they when they say what the title of it is. But just a social experiment for you. And if you like narrative, maybe murder mystery, you're one of those types. I got to watch season two of Only Murders in the Building. Um, yeah. but you really like superheroes and stuff. You want to like an, an entryway into that world. Check out Marvel's Wolverine, the long night. Interesting. Okay. I'm not a superhero person. Um, but I do love my unique podcast. So I, I might just try it and give it a whirl and see if I actually want to go back and watch some Marvel stuff. We'll see what happens. There you go, man. There you go. Um, all right. That was state of the American league central and, uh, you'll get the AL West. You'll get the NL East and uh, the other two NL divisions later on this week. Um, stay tuned across the just baseball network. Cause we do cool shit. See you guys. See ya.